one fight. We're back. Don't wait till Judges Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Petty. Broke his skull, Petty. Yay, yay. What's <laughs> going on, Samurai? We got some uh, a lack of a cool weekend this weekend. Yeah. That is, uh, unless you're going to, uh, I don't know, the carnival or something. But uh, <laughs> if you're not a fight fan, why are you listening? That's all I ask. Why are you still here? How'd you find yourself here? Um, but either way, we are the most entertaining, the most electric, I would say, uh, MMA podcast on the podcast internet, which, guys, let's be honest, that's a different internet, okay? <laughs> Many things are going on within that internet, and it does kind of come to us, which is fucking bizarre, because I'm just, I guess, what, what would you say, Sam? People call me an enigma. They don't say I'm famous. They don't, you know, <laughs> they just, they're not sure, which I'm okay with. I'm fine with it. But nonetheless, this show is more about Mitch Raposo than anything. That's uh, right. Last event. You want to do last event first, or do you uh, want to start with? Uh, let's start with the Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter. Fighter. Let's start with the Ultimate Fighter. Right. So we had so, uh, uh, Ortega, uh, Ortega coming in, and he's oh, we're gonna do a prank, and they go get these snakes. He, he calls his snake buddy out. Every prank is done by a third party, man. There's no doing your own prank anymore. What the fuck is up with that? Uh, you want to put some clocks up everywhere? Let's call the clock shop. You want to? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Every every prank is done by third party. Let's call some mechanics to come in, take off their tires, get a tow truck out. You know what? We had to get this fucking animal wrangler guy. And I will say it's some of the biggest snakes I've ever seen in my fucking life. And right. Ortega was scared shitless. The man pranked himself, dude. He was the one yeah. that looked like a fool. He was scared out of well, his fucking mind. Here's my thing. I think that he... He would have rather looked scared because of the giant snakes instead of knowing and showing the world that he can't change a tire. You know what I mean? I think the snake thing is way better than him being like, I don't know what a lug nut is. Um, I will say this. What what you've said made me think that this would be what the Ultimate Fighter video game would be like. You have two premeditated pranks to choose from. You know what I'm saying? And you click one or the other, and it's done exactly like this. There's a snake one or the clock one or, you know what I'm saying? That's It's just basic. It's so fucking basic, and Very it's basic. not thought in their head. Ortega didn't come up with it. Volkanovski didn't come up with it. And also, mm-hmm. the dude gets way too excited when his fighters win. I hate that. I think what happened is Ortega called his animal guy, and he goes, hey, man, I need another lizard, something like that. And the guy was like, uh, tell you what, because Ortega's like, of course I don't have no fun. I don't want to pay for the lizard. I want you to just... And the guy was like, well, how can I get on TV and show off these animals and show off my company? He's like, tell you what, I'll bring you on for a prank and uh, you hand me over a lizard. That's what I think. Fuck it. That's my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, all right, we had Cowboy shows up with for Team Volonoski. It was pretty cool seeing Cowboy. He's not, uh, he's still around in some capacity. <laughs> so... Still got all of his faculty. Faculty. He needed something to do that day. Yeah. So, so let's get into the uh, the coaches' challenge. This has got to be the least physical coaches' challenge I've ever seen on the Ultimate Fighter. Cornhole. They played cornhole, and dude, it was so sad. Dana White had to come and explain all the rules of cornhole. Like no one's had <laughs> explained rule. It was like he was reading a rule book. And then they had ads on the, the cornhole board. You know, UFC is so so hard up for money. The fighters are not paying. We can get in that later if you want. <laughs> but they got ads all over the cornhole boards. And then why are the boards elevated in the air? <laughs> the, 
the guys when they throw the corn, the 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 damn uh the bag, they gotta like step down like a fucking three foot step, go walk over, step back up. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, they should be doing some physical stuff. And that's it. Like I said, in I think it was the last episode where I mentioned that it's like whoever the writers are or whoever is producing these ideas are just a bunch of white trash idiots. Okay, they're just a bunch of guys who are in a in the writers' room wearing cut off shirts. All right, that's just what it is. These aren't these aren't professionally paid and uh, schooled writers. These are just your average. It'd be like if they put you and me in there mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hey guys, we need a coach's challenge. We need some pranks," and we're like. I don't know. How about some giant snakes? I don't, that's all I got. And you're like, I don't know. I like it. Snakes is good. And then we, there's, you know what I mean? There's nobody to say that it's a bad idea. So if it's just two guys, I imagine it is. This is what we're going to keep getting. Now, this is what makes you upset about it. Is this something that, because people are going to bitch about this. We've done, we've done enough of it at ourselves. Is this how it's going to continue? Because again, I still would love to see the 32 man fight. Let's start the first two episodes, just fights. You know what I'm saying? Let's get these guys, prove themselves. Give us a reason to root for this guy because I'm so sick of these motherfuckers like Hunsinger who hurts himself and now he can't fight anymore. You know what I mean? Hurt yourself early, dude. Hurt yourself before you move into the house. And then we then we have a guy to root for, right? And everybody's just, fighting with injuries. No. Yes, simply. It's more tournament style. You want them mm-hmm. to fucking be, hey, well, what is the UFC slogan? Oh, you want to be a fighter. Oh, you want to be a fighter, then you're going to have to get into the ultimate fighter the same way that the very first UFC ever happened. Okay? Bare knuckles, fucking wear a gi if you want to, motherfucker. I don't give a shit. Put goggles on. You're getting in there. Okay? Wear one boxing glove. It doesn't matter. We're going to do it that way for the first. You know what I'm saying? Let's just Mm -hmm. put a cage around two dudes with their shirts off and see what happens. That's where I'm at. This is what gets me with the whole cornhole thing is the first ever ultimate fighter, there was a show that went on before it. With boxers. I don't know the name of the damn show, but they had some boxers on the show. And the show ended up, you know, it was nothing. It was a dud. It was but, a contender. Uh, the, the contender, was that it? Okay. Yeah, it's and the remember, they, they like did things to get eliminated. They bowled and whoever lost the bowling. And that's what Dana White had a fit about. Hey, we're not here to bowl, motherfuckers. We're here to fight. And here we are with the coaches doing fucking cornhole or playing right. cornhole toss. So there we are. But I'm going to talk about... Let me, we're, let we're taking, go ahead, go ahead. The reason why is simply because he's trying to push Ortega or Volkanovsky as a personality, whether that is somebody who is going to continue to be a personality as a fighter or somebody who's going to be a commentator, colored commentator, Michael Chiesa-type job. You see what I'm saying? How does Michael Chiesa still get to stand in the booth and he lost? He lost yeah. his... He lost in the way he knows best to fight. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like that's and he there he's still going to be up there. Michael Chandler, he lost. He's up in the booth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why why not do that with guys like this? You can actually start to build on their personality. Neither one of them have one, but you can start to build on their personality by watching the show on ESPN Plus. Now, is that the plan? I don't know. Dana White is a terrifying man. I don't know what his mind does. Well, speaking of terrifying, when. Ortega won, and they take the money. They split it. Um, they they would they pay fifteen hundred dollars a piece for each fighter of Ortega, and they give him some money. And he walks up to Dana White, and he says, "Hey, can I have two grand more?" Dude, the look on Dana White's face. What? And then all of a sudden, sure, no problem. What do you think happened, man? Because I got a theory. I think Dana White 
was like, are you fucking out of your mind? I'm not giving you shit. You know, you're lucky you get this. And then they, uh, they cut the fucking camera off and they, Hey man, this will look good on you. Uh, um, Ortega's going to give the money to the other team. This will, this will make you, you know, you're taking a lot of criticism over fighter pay. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I gotcha. Uh, this is Dana here. Go ahead and roll the, take that footage out. Roll the yeah, footage. Yeah, sure. I'll give you two grand. Yes. <laughs> go, ahead and, go ahead and run it back from the, uh, can I have two grand more? You, you say that and then I'll go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's Dana. Cause he's not a good actor, but he's like, yeah, that's fucking, I know what. Yeah. Of the course. Fucking look he gave him, man. He was like, what? <laughs> he knew exactly what the fuck he asked him. What? But what does that mean about Ortega then? Cause <laughs> I, I don't like him, but that, that's a good move. That was a good move. That was a good yeah. move. I respect it. Right. I, here's the thing. I cannot like him and think he's a dull fucking, you know, he's got the personality of a, a feather. I, I can still respect him. That's the difference. And I think that's the issue with everybody who likes me. It's like, they can do all of that, but you must respect me. You know, that's the least of it. You have to do that. I work very hard at this thing. You hear how good my voice sounds. I'm like a bird. <laughs> so, so we find out Vince Murdoch, he, he uh, FaceTimes his wife. We find out he married her one week before his brain surgery. I thought that was we pretty find out wild. She's hot as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't part? gonna say that, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, Even though she's and he was like, I'm about to get brain surgery. What if I uh need a maid? What if I don't come out? Uh I think yeah. I think I think we'll go get married now, babe. So just in case. We don't we don't want to take no chances of you changing your mind after my brain surgery. Yeah, right. you know, I like that. Then Sam we, said it, not me, guys. Yeah. Then we had, I can't blame him, man. But then we had um, Brady Heisen. He FaceTimes his family, his mom and brother. And the thing is, if they had a phone, turn it sideways. They're, they're both up on the screen, half of their face. He got to see half. He got to see half of his mom and half of his brother. Yeah. That's what he got to look at. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's like, have you not watched anything ever? They're, everyone's doing this. Your favorite late night host has done exactly what you're doing and you can't get it. All right. I like how his mom was giving him advice. Don't be predictable in there. <laughs> Just like, tell him yeah. what to do. It's pretty wild. Yeah, mom. I was so unpredictable. He popped his knee. Yeah, we get to the fight and <laughs> Brady dominated that fight. And I was worried, man, about one of those up kicks coming through. I mean, he got kicked pretty hard on one of those up kicks, but yeah, he had it out. He got side control. And up to take him down, did some hammer fist that I always say you hardly ever see that anymore. And yep. yeah, he, he kind of took over. I was waiting any second for Vince to try to get up, but apparently couldn't straighten his knee. I didn't know that at the time. So it, just, it was so it. Do you still think that it was all Brady? Uh, I, you know, because Vince didn't fight like that in his first fight. Man, his first fight, he looked great. He looked That's great. Right. He was timid as fuck in yeah. this one. He, you saw in the beginning of the episode, he was using the massager thing on his upper upper Yes, thigh. and he did say that his uh, leg was giving him some problems. But foreshadowing. he could have pussied out and said, hey, uh, I need a doctor. I need to go to the doctor. And then they could have brought in somebody that had no hardly any training to come in and lose yeah. immediately. But he knows every fighter is fighting injured pretty much. I wouldn't say every, but you always got some kind of injury, some lingering injury. Some, no so one's ever hundred. It's bound to happen. And this, you're fighting for a job. You know, you're fighting for a job. 
You do you to come in and, and perform. Well, here's huh? also what I want to say. I I told you in the last episode, I think this Brady kid, he's going to take the whole thing. I just, I don't like his personality anymore after that. <laughs> I don't like when somebody gloats a, a, a bunch when an injury takes place. It's just like Dustin Poirier mm-hmm. and fucking Connor. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what Connor was saying, the way Dustin reacted to the fact that he won annoys me. You lose my respect then. I can't be a fan of yours if that's how you feel and the dude got hurt. And, it's like Aljo and Peter Young. Okay, similar thing. I, we both felt the same way about that. It's bizarre for you to act that way when mm-hmm. you didn't earn. Um, so, yes, Brady was dominant. He did some things, but Vince wasn't even cut, man. Yeah. He didn't get rocked. Oh. He, didn't, he wasn't dazed. Mm-hmm. It was ended because he couldn't move anymore. That's it. And he all he could do was defend shots with his hands. And when you start mm-hmm. to defend your shots uh, by putting your hands away from the head instead of close to the head, it's it's gonna be uh you should be taking more damage and he wasn't cut <laughs> that's what yeah, I mean I cut. think this injury played a major part in it and I hate that th- this is what we're seeing since we started the podcast is just so many of these fights ending via injury whether it's a fucking eye poke mm-hmm. uh, an illegal knee uh, a kick to a down opponent whatever mm-hmm. it may be uh, uh, broken fucking legs multiple okay we've seen more broken <laughs> legs since UFC started doing live events again than we have in UFC history. Okay. There's only in Corey Hill, Anderson Silva. And since then we've seen Chris Weidman and Conor McGregor. Yeah. Okay. So we've evened it up for sure. And that's bizarre all in the same span because Corey Hill to fucking Anderson Silva was a massive amount of time. That was very bizarre. Corey Hill was way too tall for 155. He was 6'4, 155, skinny as all hell on the ultimate fighter throws a kick and it's defended the same way and his leg wrapped around that dude's leg so we've seen this shit happen and it's so you have to be we we bitch about the judges for sure but we also have to think about these doctors these and the things that they're dealing with and how the athletic commissions can can go forward and keep this a profitable and injury injury less sport it's just like with football with basketball with soccer there's things that have to take place, whether it's, you know, gloves that go further over the knuckles or shin guards. I don't know, man. Something because we're not getting to see the fights anymore. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not getting to see a fight. It's one thing if a dude kicks a guy's skull off of his head, you know, if his, if he did that, I have more respect. If a dude breaks your arm, I have more respect. But when it's simply a kick, or a misstep, I will even say Michael Chandler and the way that he lost his title to Brett Preem or whatever, the way that he stepped, that was on him. Maybe there was a calf kick that sort of incited it, but should that be the fight-ending injury? That's not fair. And then it only means that, oh, now these, the UFC and Bellator and what have you, they have to repay these fighters in the hopes that they'll do it again, them too, because the fans fucking demand it. So it's a very, like I said, I can't be in the mind of Dana White. It's This is way too much. Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. His name is Mick Maynard, not Gray Maynard. He's a British fellow. <laughs> Remember, I got really confused. I heard Mark or something. But, uh, <laughs> no, Dana is acting pretty damn happy about what's going on now because he's the one he's talking about. Uh, Vince McMahon couldn't script this, this well. Well, Dana White scripted this whole thing with the heavyweight division. He yeah. could have waited on Ngannia. He did not wait. He went ahead, made this belt for the interim title, and here we are. And 
if I was him, I'd be upset about one thing, and that would be that the two main event fights in the last two events, one fighter didn't do anything. <laughs> yep. One fighter, and the fighters, Derek Lewis and Uriah Hall, are very, very capable fighters. And anyway, but let's get into the event. Actually, Ultimate Fighter next next time's uh, Tracy Gilbert Urbana. Uh, that should be a good one. Uh, I don't know. Orbana's got skills all the way around, it seems like. The ground, what? The grappling. What? And Treason Gore is just standing up, oh, okay. punching. Hitting. I forgot who the Urbina guy was. I think I might have, that might have uh, been an it, episode. There's like a couple of brothers that yeah. have been on there before. I got yeah. the, the long hair. I, I was going to say the long hair, the mullet, but everybody on, like half the people on the show's got the mullet. It's bizarre. Well, yeah, let's get into this event, man. Johnny Munoz, he beat Jamie Simmons. Just took him to the ground, wrestled him, stayed on him, submitted him. Yep. This uh, female fight that happened next, Melissa Gatto, Victoria Leonardo. That was, I'm sure you've seen her arm, or maybe you're in the bathroom. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how the doctor got involved in that. Apparently, uh, Victoria in the corner... So it's something about my arms not working and the doctor come in and looked at her arm. It had a huge like indention in it. And he's like, yep, that's broke. And they stopped that fight. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I was peeing. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, man, I thought, okay, I, well, hold on. I will tell you, I was, I was talking to Sam before he had caught up on the fights and I had already told him huh. to make a post on Twitter that these fucking early prelims were nice. And I yeah, did yeah, remember yeah. seeing that fight. I forgot that it, that's how it ended because uh, of the second round KO is what it says. Um, but yeah, the whole, these first four fights, I was very impressed, mm -hmm. very impressed. Every single one of them. I mean, Johnny Munoz, that dude is 11 and one. So you would think because he's fighting a seven and four guy that he's seven and four. Now he's going to get somebody decent next time. And we'll really get to see his skills, but I do mm -hmm. like him. He's good for the weight class. He's perfectly well-sized and he, he was, he was damn dominant, you know? It was fun to watch. Uh, the girl fight, you know, seven zero and two. Like we said, the no the no contests or draws, you know, very weird. But uh, she seems like she's got power, dude. Yeah, I don't she's know. got power. Uh, the Miles Johns was next. Uh, he beat yep. Anderson DeSantos, knocked him out. Man, he, he was, was all over him, man. You know, I picked uh, DeSantos, and it ain't like he started off terrible. I mean, it was back and forth, back. There wasn't nothing thought, he could yeah. do, man. His striking was just not as good. Yeah. I thought I thought Dos Santos was was kind of having his way with him early. Honestly, I thought Dos Santos was winning the fight, and then because what he was doing, if you watch Johns the whole time, he was he was uh, faking a takedown, and for some reason Dos Santos would bite on it with an uppercut, or he would lean forward to to defend, and then or he would throw an overhand, and this kept happening. I kept seeing it, and I'm like, Dos Santos is going to land this overhand and put Johns away. Instead. It was just a knee. He caught him with the knee as he was kind of leaning in. And if you go back and watch that fight, tell me I'm wrong. The, the way that he, he set it up the whole time, Johns was setting up what he was trying to get him to bite, and he saw what he was biting on, and he went with the knee instead of a hand because he was trying to throw big punches. And I like this guy because, again, little guys, a lot of power. I'm not saying Dos Santos doesn't have a chance in the division, but I like Johns, 12-1. and one. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's Munoz versus uh, Johns next They're in the same weight class, I believe. Oh, then uh... – Manel Kappa, uh, Ode, Ode Anderson, Ode Osborne, O'Day Osborne, what they call him. Yeah. Man, that was a damn good fight. That was a really good uh, fight. It was back and forth. Osborne had him up against the cage one time. It was 
beating on him, and then he, he backed off. It, it just went back and forth for a while. And then uh, this was the knee, wasn't it? Yes, this was the knee, dude. This okay, is what sorry. I was wondering if this is what you were talking about. Because yeah, that last bad. fight with Anderson DeSantos, <laughs> that, that was kind of back and forth, but he just his striking wasn't as good. He was throwing like one punch, getting hit with three. And he right. got his leg got beat up. He went into the corner during uh uh the first round and he was like uh, maybe it was the second round, but he said he said, uh yeah, my leg's fucked. And he was <laughs> limping around. But anyway, yeah, the speed. But man, yeah, uh, yeah, cop he, he hit him with that knee, and that was that was all she wrote. But damn, that was a really that's good fight. That was a damn good fight. That's the one. Okay, take everything I said, put it after this. There you go. Okay, all the stuff that I was saying about Johns because I I remember him setting that up. The way that Oday would try to defend it, he would lean forward. He would he would go down, and he remember he even started he would fake a takedown. He slapped the ground. Yeah. Remember, he just dropped down? Yes. And yes. that's when the cap, cape or cap or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I could get this guy with the knee pretty easy, I think. Because he even had like an open stance, kind of Muay Thai-ish. But uh, yeah, sorry. All that. Sorry. Nah, These fights could, all man. blend together. This, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. But I mean, that was a flyweight bout. And, and I'm anxious to see Osborne. I mean, I thought he looked pretty good until that knee happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested in seeing him again. Then Jessica Pinay uh, beat Carolina. How the hell you say her last name? Dude, she was obsessed with getting this arm bar. My God. Her yep. game plan was get an arm bar, take her down, get an arm bar. And she tried to get the arm bar like six different times. Finally, she had it locked in and submitted her. Uh, it wasn't like less than 30 seconds to go before, before the round ended, but she got her, got her in it. Then Alonzo uh, Minifield, Ed Herman. Now, Ed Herman, he kind of reminded me of Sammy Alva, except for he's got power and doesn't smile. <laughs> but uh, that that went to a decision. Minifield beat him. Minif- he had his moments, but Minifield was pretty much all over him. It might be time for Ed Herman to maybe face a lesser lesser opponent or think about walking away doing something else. Yeah, I would also still like to see more from Minifield. I mean, the dude is massive for the division. I need to see him get some finishes before I can, you know what I mean? He he was from the Contender Series, and he did very well. So the fact that he did fight this veteran, it's going to look beautiful mm-hmm. on his, his final record. But, you know, we, you're right. But I think you should switch and say Manifil. Yeah, Of course, Ed Herman should do whatever. It doesn't matter. What is he going to be a champion? Fight whoever you want. Stay in the division. I don't mm-hmm. care point is is menafield is fighting a guy who's just a veteran and mm-hmm. put to the test essentially now we get to see what he's really capable of can you finish this next guy can you finish the guy after that because you look like you should be able to speaking of which i was thinking of this guy houston alexander the other day remember that too yeah i do didn't he lose to um imbo yeah slice yes but he but he beat the hell out of fucking uh alessio sakara and keith jardine like quick, bro. He's Keith 38. Jardine was a weird one, man. Very yeah, weird but, one. But but he was that was when Keith Jardine was Keith Jardine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was winning fights then, and Houston Alexander put that motherfucker away. Like, and I, that's the he shit was I love. Quick. Houston like, Alexander had this, some speed, man. He was really fast, powerful. Yes. He was solid, and he was he's like old as shit. He just got in the mm-hmm. UFC, and he's fucking smashed these two dudes, and then it was just bad after that. But he he was like uh. The Kamzat, in a sense, you know, it was like the guy pops on the scene. He does very well in the, his first few fights. And then, like, all right, I forgot all about him. But anyways, <laughs> Dean Amin. 
That's well, the name of the episode. So the big thing on Cam's Ed is they offered him a main event spot versus Luke Rockhold. Have you heard about this? Ooh. And apparently he didn't want to do it because he's just getting back in. He, he doesn't want a five-round fight. He wants a three-round fight, which I is kind that. of hard to blame him if he had long-term I, effects from COVID. You know, maybe and, test out a three-round fight before you have a five-round fight. He's, he's also a foreign fighter. He has everything going for him. He doesn't have to come back. He's won, what, three fucking uh, $50,000 checks? I almost guarantee it. You know what I mean? He's fine. And if he wants to go to Bellator, good on you. Do whatever you want, man. Who cares at this point? You know, uh, if he wants to do a three-round fight, he should be allowed to make those decisions because the reason I say the Bellator thing is because it's like this dude can do whatever he wants. Why should he be forced to do anything? Same thing with Ngannou. You know what I mean? The fact that Cyril Gain, Cyril Gan now just has to get his head taken off is, is disappointing. You know, it sucks. <laughs> so this is Vince Morales, another Bantamweight fight. Vince Morales, he beat Trico Rodriguez. I don't even remember much about this fight. I don't know why. I'm trying to think back on it. I, I picked surprised. Draco and he won. I, yeah. That's all I remember. Uh, then the lightweight bout, I Raphael Faziz, he beat Bobby Green. Man, there were moments in that fight that Bobby Green, he's very inconsistent. You never know what Bobby Green you're going to get. And yeah. this, he looked like a tough son of a bitch. That's the Bobby Green we got here. He didn't win. He lost. But he looked pretty decent. I mean, as good as you can look against somebody that chases you around, stays all over you, punching you in the face nonstop. He held his own as best he could. And that's the difference between being a vet and being somebody who is actually trying to be a champion. Because Bobby Green doesn't have that desire anymore. Essentially, he could be a gatekeeper if he chooses to. That's why he picks the way he fights against specific fighters. It's not as if he trained better for this fight. He just said, I'm, I know how this guy's going to come at me. I'm going to play with him. And it was a very entertaining fight, but I was wishing for the knockout because I want Fazeev to, you know, I like that guy. I think he's great. Yeah, he's going to go on some bigger and better things. Right. And another Bantamweight bout, Song Yudong. He beat Case to Kenny. Man, Kenny. Song Yudong is only 23 years old. Now he's 17 and 5 at 23. Damn, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, That's let's push him. Let's get him up there. I think he's on the game now. I'm pretty sure he's on UFC 3. Uh, Casey Kenny, Indiana boy. I like that. Uh, I did go with Song Yudong, though, because, I mean, let's be honest, the kid, he's a kid, and he's very, very talented. He's got a lot of a lot of potential. Uh, it's, it's, again, it goes like what you said to Bobby Green. Can he be consistent? Can Song Yudong continue to win? Can he finish? Because finishing is what makes the fans, okay? Being a, a decision-winning fighter, you're not going to get pushed to a championship. That's just what it is. It doesn't matter if you win. If Leon Edwards continues to win every fight by decision or I poke or whatever the fuck it is, he's not going to get a title shot because you're not entertaining enough, my guy. <laughs> Tisha Torres, she beat Angela Hill. I think we talked about it. Like, we pretty much planned the fight out before the fight took place. We knew what we're going to. It was, it was, I don't Basically. know why they continue to push Angela Hill. Well, I do know why. I, you want to know, listen to the last episode. There you go. <laughs> way, to, way to plug our own show on our show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Walter Waite bout. Uh, yeah, Michael Chiesa got submitted fairly quickly. Uh, Vincent. Vicente. He Dar's choke. Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you pretty much called that one. You yeah, called that I one? I thought I did. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure I said something about him getting submitted because... 
Vicente is very well-rounded. I've been, we've, I think we both watched the kid from the moment he came into the UFC and he has shown me improvement every time. And I think uh, this kid's going to be a champion, man. I think there is very high potential in that weight class for him to be fighting for the title. But I think the more impressive performance is, is because this guy, how does he keep doing it? How? He's there's something's wrong. He's not real. He's not real. He doesn't <laughs> ever speak. Even. He doesn't talk to nobody, say no words. The fuck is this guy? But it's uh, Jose Aldo, man. Pedro Munoz. What? I mean, what a performance. That's WEC Jose Aldo. That's he looked great. Jose yeah, Aldo. <laughs> That's uh, Jose Aldo versus TJ Dillashaw. I mean, Pedro Munoz is no slouch. He's 19 and five, but yeah, man, he, he took it to him. He was. <laughs> 30s, like 27s it. all across the board. Even I with like the, uh, these crazy-ass judges lately. It's the 135 division, dude. You got TJ Dillashaw coming back. You got... Uh, who who did TJ just fight? I forget. Uh, Corey Sandhagen. This division is... So is, Joe, is that's what I mean. Division. Jose Aldo being right in the mix, too? Dude, that's fucking great. I, I'll take him on any main event versus these dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Dillashaw is much overdue. Because I want to see Jose... I want to see if TJ can handle the what he brings to the table because TJ got worked over very well by Corey Sandhagen. Too easy almost. And he still won. So let's put them together. Jose Aldo, TJ Dillashaw. We got to see it. You think Dillashaw doesn't want that fight? That's a big name. That's a bit. That's a veteran. I'm curious, dude. That's the only <laughs> match. I don't know. I don't know. He would want that fight. It's dangerous. He's trying that's to make it. He's trying to make a case to, Hey, Sandhagen. He wants to skip straight over to the title. He wants to try to do like a get that right. uh, Michael Chandler, Dana White privilege going. Aljo. Fight. Goes out. Fight but, uh, for the title. Fuck it. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll take that fight over Peter Yan. I'll take Aljo wow. versus Jose over Peter Yan. Wow. Okay. Wow. For real. Because I, I would love to see this man as a champion again. At his age, he's still very young. He's 35, right? 36. He's uh, not that old. I'm not he's saying. He's just been around. Anything Whoever. negative about Al Jermaine Sterling on this show, my friend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, P3 all day. So uh, P3, baby. Tweet it back to me. But, uh, <laughs> no, but you, uh, I'm saying they have to do Peter Yan and Aljo. That's a guarantee. But Peter Yan and Jose have already fought. So it only makes sense. You would skip Peter and go straight to Aljo. But like I said, Max Holloway's still there. We've seen them bang it out several times. Would you yeah. be mad at that for the main event again? I I wouldn't be mad about it, but you know what I mean. Ortega, Volkanovski, Holloway's already beaten him a couple times. But Jose Aldo has just shown us, dude. I just, know, I know. I know. Fuck we were just talking about Houston Alexander, and here's this. Yeah. He, I mean, Pedro should have had a way better fight. It, he should have looked better, and Jose made him look crazy. So I liked it. But uh, let's get to the main event because right. that's fucking that's stupid. stupid. What an idiot! <laughs> oh, I hate this fucking. Hell. <laughs> so, Cyril Khan. You embarrassed yourself, Derek Lewis. He's nine and zero. He takes on Derek Lewis in his hometown, man. I, and me and you both, we thought Lewis had this, man. He's fighting in front of all his fans. I mean, he's not going to embarrass himself in front of his family, right? His hometown, all his all his family's there, everyone's there. And I was hoping at some point he was going to do the Hulk Hogan and fucking. And we know he's got the, the one-shot one power. To get him some hype. <sighs> so I don't know, man. And, and what happened? He just 
He got lit up, man. He got, he got made, he looked silly. I don't know what else to say. I don't, where does he go next? I don't know. The finish was so bizarre to me. I don't like that it finished. That should have just kept going. It, It put him away. This is a heavyweight division. If he's curling up like that, that's how Derek Lewis fights. Cormier kept saying that. Derek Lewis fucking, oh shit, you got me. And then bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? I love that about him. And the ref even started to step in even earlier. And you're like, guy, if neither one of these guys are asleep, let them fight. Well, I will say that me and you both said, the longer this fight goes, the worse it is for Lewis. Yeah. And, you know, we were into the third round at this point. I mean, Lewis isn't getting any skinnier or he's got that big belly. His cardio... I mean, his cardio, there's nothing wrong with his cardio, but gone, yeah. I mean, for a heavyweight. He's fit. he's fit as shit. Yeah, he's fit. I think he stays at like 247 pounds. Good. He's, you know. I just, it's boring. He, he was boring. It wasn't a performance where I was like, oh, shit, he's going to look good against Nganu. Oh, shit, he's going to look good against Stipe. All I thought was he did exactly what he, he can do against a guy who's bigger than him with more weight. Stay away from him. You know see, what I, mean? what I, I thought he can. Would, I thought he would end up getting caught, and I thought that power would be too much for him. But wrong. The issue was the size. It was the size difference that fucked him up because Derek Lewis isn't usually he. If the guy he was he was probably expecting him to be closer and have a, a littler reach. You see what I'm saying? But he was a tall guy with a long reach, and he knows how to use it. He stayed on the ball of his feet the whole fight. So even when Derek did try to get close, he was kind of already out of the way. So the punches didn't hit as hard as they usually do, like, you know, the Volkov and all that. But you also have to make the argument that maybe it's just not for Lewis to be champion. Maybe he's just not supposed to wear the belt. Stop promoting him that way. But he is meant to be a fighter, and he is meant to take heads off. So what I'm thinking is there's a lot of guys that are still young, you know, that want to be heavyweights, I would imagine this next ultimate fighter is a heavyweight ultimate fighter. If that, if not, it's female. Because the, all the guys that are in this division anyways are pretty much out of their prime. So can Derek Lewis be a gatekeeper? Can he be a coach? You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, know. I mean, he I may just, be a gatekeeper. I mean, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. You cannot be one-dimensional in the UFC. And anymore. He, he basically is a headhunter. He, he has that power, and he, he swings for your head and tries to take it off. And it's been pretty successful for him, but, man, you gotta you got to do a little more than that. That's If you face with the problem, you got to solve it. And gone right. was a problem that he couldn't solve. Well, maybe it was it's the coaches. Maybe he should be – maybe losing in Houston will make him move. <laughs> you know, he'll go to Vegas and whatever. But all I know is that Cyril Ghosn has got Francis Ngannou next, and that's the biggest issue. You know, he has to worry about that because he got his belt taken away. That's not Cyril Ghosn's belt. Nobody thinks he's a champion. Where's the no. tweets about him? Where's that? Definitely not. Yeah. I mean, we, we had fights in Houston, Texas, and there's a big name from there that wasn't even on the card, man. Michael Jackson. That's his hometown, man. He was attended the fights. He wasn't on the card. Matter of fact, the fight with him, him and in, CM Punk they let never him even happened. <laughs> was he on one of the cameras? Uh, hmm. it was there were people taking pictures all over him on uh, on Twitter. He was like reposting at the at the event. He probably was on the camera at some point. He was pretty close to the front. I meant like he was holding the camera. He was one of the camera guys. 
No, they don't trust him that close. He'd be right. sleeping on the job. Well, how did he get his first fight then? They must have just found him in the crowd. And I don't know how he got, his first, he got his first fight because they, they wanted to promote the person he was fighting. That's true. Oh, man. So, dude, we'll be back next week going over the event. And, yeah, I think I think all is said needs to be said. Yeah, man. I mean, my picks are pretty successful. Not the main event, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was a good card though. I will get I will say that for yeah. a pay per view that was a good card. Well, no fight. You know, I tell you, I feel bad for all these people. <laughs> these ten pay per views are hella expensive. I tell you, these the preliminary fights they usually outshine the main events. They have been they yeah. have been. <laughs> you know when the when the main event is ended because a dude breaks his leg, you're like, cut the fucking thing off, keep it going. You know what I mean? Throw some salt on that bitch. I thought we were fighters, not a bunch of princesses. Let's go. <laughs> fucking hack it off. What if he just snapped it off? And he's like, you son, <laughs> that'd have been so gross. I'm like, I'm out. I got to watch WWE now. <laughs> I need something that's predictable. So, so you want to plug anything while we're here? Do you party? Dude, it was nice to hear Trey Peacock back yeah. in action on I Do You Party. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to know that he was there. That was one of the episodes where I felt like I, I did very shitty. But then again, everybody thinks that podcast stinks, so it lives up to its name. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Well, if people yeah, think man. the podcast stinks, their house doesn't smell very well. It smells of death. <laughs> anyway. They're the ones, yeah, they're the ones listening anyway, so fuck them. You know, if you think it stinks, you listen to it to know that it stinks, right? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, there's a new episode, man, with uh, comedian Josh Potter from Josh Potter Show. That's his podcast. You can find it on YouTube find his youtube channel you know he's a great comedian very funny dude uh he started out on ymh you know your mom's house and of course do you party as history with your mom's house it's unfortunate history but here we are uh briefcase is coming man i'm gonna be recording some new stuff here soon check out the recent episodes i talked about some shit you know like i do um uh, there's a patreon of course i did an episode recently for something obscure um dead bear lounge awesome uh it's one of my other shows it's a uh, more of an inclusive lounge type of situation where i put no specifications on anything we just talked and i i talked about jackass forever and i talked about uh limp biscuit at Lollapalooza recently because of the woodstock 99 documentary apparently they're doing west borland the damn guitar player always fascinating to me love like what a just the band that he's in doesn't make any sense from you know what i'm talking about he, wear, he puts, like, black contacts in, paints his face and shit, plays guitar. Hmm. You're like, this is not your band. <laughs> you should be in, like, a, a Nordic, you know, death metal band of some kind. <laughs> Instead, he's playing in a fucking rap rock band where he's just going, bing, 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 bing. Like, that's your whole guitar? That's The whole song is just that? <laughs> All right. You don't play guitar a lot then, my friend. But anyways, yeah, check it out, dude. I'm doing shit still. You know, the podcasts are going. We're here. Uh, but uh, this is the main one. You know, the folks got to come over here. They got to check out it. The only issue is, is not everybody's a fight fan. They just want to hear me say something stupid so they can clip it in their show. Anyway, uh, <laughs>